Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Well, welcome everybody to this podcast. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is season one, episode six. And we're doing something a little bit different today. We are coming to you, or I'm coming to you from Sicily. And a little later in the podcast, I'm going to be interviewing an expert on Sicily, Esther Vida, who was able to catch up with me during my vacation here. So let me let me tell you what I am doing in Sicily. So as many of you know, the name Galati uh, is from Sicily. My uh, grandfather on my dad's side, my grandpa Galati, is from Sicily. And uh, it is a small island off of the southwest coast of Italy. Now, from a practical standpoint, Sicily really is, without a doubt, part of Italy. But for a lot of people, Sicily in itself is almost considered another culture, another heritage, another way of life. And in the time that I've been here, it's uh, argued back and forth that, yes, the Sicilians are somewhat separate than Italians, or no, they are part of Italy. But I would say for the most part, of course, from a governmental standpoint, uh, Sicily is part of Italy. But the interesting thing about Sicily is that it has been conquered and ruled by so many different people over thousands of years. If you look back at uh, Sicily, the Egyptians were here and they brought a particular culture, religion, food, language, architecture, science to Sicily. And then the Greeks were here. And much to my surprise, I did not realize this before I started reading up on the trip, there are more Greek ruins here than there are in mainland Greece, uh, which is, is quite amazing. So again, as the, when the Greeks were here, they brought the exact same thing. Culture, religion, food, language, science, architecture. And then from the Greeks, there were the Arabs were here, predominantly from North Africa. And at one time in Palermo, which was at one time, a very, very important uh, state within uh, light, uh, you know, Greek life, there were more than 300 mosques in Palermo. And then after the Arabs came the Normans, which were basically the Vikings, 
they brought a different culture and architecture and science. And then the Romans, and uh, ultimately we are, you know, unified with Italy. So with that, you have a very diverse culture of language and food and religion. And so while I am not here necessarily to give a history lesson or an archaeologic lesson, I am here to talk about the food of Sicily. And what I realized, and, and growing up in an Italian-Sicilian household, and I do talk about this in Eating Yourself Sick, my, uh, my book, especially in the first chapter talking about my mother. The amazing thing here is that the Sicilian food, the selection of vegetables, the selection of fruit, the selection of fish is very diverse. And what somebody told me here, which I talk about a little later with Esther, is that the Sicilian people live to eat and not eat to live. And so all of the things that I believe in, all of the things that I've written about and I've spoken about with regard to food and nutrition, the Sicilians are a perfect example of how to conduct yourself. Now, certainly Sicily is part of the, the greater Mediterranean area. And so much over the last 25 years, especially, has been written about the Mediterranean diet. Now, I'm not going to split hairs here to say the Mediterranean diet really refers to more Greek or Turkish type of food uh, or other uh, countries within the Mediterranean. But I would say that if you carefully look at the food here in Sicily, number one, it is very, very high in vegetables. It's high in fruit content. It is high in the use of olive oil, which is pretty, pretty darn amazing. And I'll talk about that in a minute. High amounts of fish, not too much meat. While there is a fair amount of meat on the island and pork and veal, little less turkey, pheasant, things like that, it is predominantly fish and shellfish and, of course, nuts. There's a wide range of nuts here that are native to Sicily. The other thing about the Sicilian food is that it is incredibly simple. They're, the, the recipes are easy. You're going to take a handful of vegetables, one, two, or three vegetables, add garlic, add onions, other uh, green onions, red onions, scallions, uh, shallots. You're going to add to the foundation of these vegetables, and then you're going to finally add in a host of spices, be it bay leaf, be it oregano, be it basil, nutmeg, cinnamon, rosemary. These are all pretty standard herbs that you can get essentially anywhere in the world, let alone in the United States. And so again, they take the simple construct of one, two or three vegetables, cook it together with olive oil, flavor it with onions and garlic, add olive oil and top it off with herbs and spices. Now, going back to the historical timeline here, the great thing about Sicily 
is that the Egyptians came and left certain herbs and techniques on the island. The Arabs came and they are known to cook a certain way. The Greeks, the Normans, and then the Romans. So is, there is this unbelievable composite of all of these different likes and additions over the, the, the centuries of all these different people and cultures and religions that at one time did coexist here in Sicily. And so all of this benefits the food, the menu, the recipes. And so that's really, really what makes it pretty cool visiting here, not only getting to know more about my family here in Sicily, but learning about the food and the way people are eating here. Now, one thing about olive oil, olive oil is incredibly important to the people here in Sicily. Number one, as you are driving through the countryside, you see the olive trees essentially all over the place. The second thing is that what we get in the United States, you have to be very, very careful about the quality of olive oil. Now, a few years ago, there was some sort of a big expose. It may have been on 60 Minutes or uh, in the New York Times about how the olive oil that we buy in your typical grocery store or some sort of a discount store is probably cut with other types of oil. And so even the label may say olive oil, it may only be a percentage of olive oil. And so um, what you think you're cooking with is really not what you're getting at the end of the day. So one guideline, and I'll, I'll continue to speak on this as I learn from the people here in, in Sicily, is that on the open market, I believe a liter of olive oil is probably going to be about $25 or $30. So you have to try and do the calculation to say, how much are you paying for your oil? If you're paying seven or $8 for one or two liters of olive oil, I'm sorry, it ain't olive oil. There may be a part of olive oil, but it is not pure extra virgin olive oil that has the taste, the flavor, and uh, the value to it. So I would, I would be very, very careful. And if you're certainly going to invest in good food, you want to make sure you're getting good olive oil. In the description of the podcast, I will try to do my best to add some links to different uh, olive oils uh, that I've learned about here in Sicily. And so the, the bottom line here is so much of good health, good wellness, lack of chronic disease, and everybody should know all these diseases we're talking about. We're talking about obesity. We're talking about high blood pressure. We're talking about diabetes. We're talking about underlying cardiovascular disease. We're talking about chronic liver disease, fatty liver disease, the development of cirrhosis. We're talking about these chronic inflammatory states, including arthritis and depression and lung disease and fatigue. So much of this is impacted by a poor diet. And my mission and my staff's mission and everybody that I'm working with is to try to turn around 
your nutrition and have you eat better. And so one of the themes that I am developing here while I am sitting in Sicily, you hear the birds chirping. I am about 500 yards from the ocean, uh, breathing in all this great air and getting sun here uh, as, as I uh, talk here with everybody, is think about eating like a Sicilian. Now you may say, what on earth is Dr. Joe Galati talking about? But I think we need to continue to explore this, research this out and investigate it because like I said earlier, many of you have heard about the Mediterranean diet and that's, that's wonderful. And there's no doubt that study after study has shown that eating a Mediterranean diet is okay. But you can look at this and say, is the Mediterranean diet a little too broad? Let's narrow it down to say, let's eat like a Sicilian. All right, that's a little catchy. It's a little, uh, a little glib. But I feel from a personal standpoint, having witnessed it here, and it, in a sense, reaffirms what I have been talking about for many, many years about the need to make your meal preparation simple. First of all, it has to be simple. Make it nutritious, make it tasty. And one, things, one thing that the Sicilians do here is they eat as a family. And you know, the, the idea of eating to live versus living to eat. You want to live to eat. You want to make it a special time of the day. And as I've uh, said numerous, numerous times before, we have almost converted our meal time into basically something on our checklist for the day. You have to wake up, take a shower, check it off, brush your teeth, check, get clean clothes, check, put on socks, check, eat breakfast, check. It's not as if there is any thought put into it. And the one thing that the Sicilians do here, they enjoy talking about food. The other thing I'm going to talk about with Esther is that when you go to the market here, people are only buying for a day or two at a time. They're constantly going back to the market to see what is fresh, what is uh, available today, and maybe it won't be available tomorrow. And so, and, and you know, the other thing is they know exactly where this food is coming from. The fish that they get came from within five or 10 miles. The eggplant that they have came off of a particular farm nearby or a village where it was grown. The onions are from over here. The garlic is from another town. The olive oil was made by their cousin. And so while this may sound like a very, you know, artificial world and the Sicilians are not exactly living in Houston or New York or Chicago or L.A. and hustle bustle, there are lessons that we need to take away. And so you'll be hearing much more about this in the days and weeks to come. But for now, I, I do believe that we need to, number one, learn more about the Sicilian culture, their, their history, not only from uh, a, a cultural civilization, uh, historical timeline, but a, a very careful look at their food and how they prepare food, the ingredients that they use, the vegetables, the spices, and the herbs, and how it's a, an amalgam of all of these cultures, starting with the Egyptians, 
thousands of years ago uh, to current time. Number two, the Sicilians make their meals simple with local ingredients and it is not a lot of work. There is tremendous joy in preparing the food. There is joy in having people coming over and, and sharing in the food and realizing it that this is a special time for one another. And that is something we need to get back, not only from a health and wellness and cut down on obesity and, and all of the other problems that I talk about, but I think from our own culture, our own families, that we need to uh, think like this. So, um, so with that, I am uh, going to sign off uh, from this location. The second part of the podcast is going to be with Esther Vida. Uh, she is part of You, Me, in Sicily, and there'll be information about Esther and her team uh, in the description of the podcast uh, when you open it up. But for now, what I want you to do is eat like a Sicilian. Ciao. All right, as I have been saying earlier in this podcast, I have an expert on Sicily, Esther Vider, who, along with Alfred Zappola, they have a company, You, Me, and Sicily, which I'll have Esther talk about in a moment. But the whole theme of certainly those people that know me and what I've been talking about earlier on this podcast is the fact that in the week or so that I've been here, and I still have another week to go being in Sicily, what I've noticed is that we need to, back in the United States, we need to adopt a Sicilian way of life, a Sicilian methodology. And you're probably saying to yourself, what on earth is the Sicilian way of eating, and how can I do this back in America or wherever you're listening to this podcast? So Esther is a journalist, a seasoned broadcast professional, anchor, correspondent, investigative reporter. She's laughing. We're past life. We are, when Esther and I are sitting poolside in the Catania area of Sicily, but as I had said earlier, she is an expert on Sicily, and who better to ask about the culture, the food, and some ideas on this is Esther. So Esther, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes out and chatting about Sicilian food. Thank you so much. And, you know, if I were to look at my life five years ago before I got to Sicily, I wouldn't consider myself a foodie or an expert on food and living and style. But uh, living here for the past five years, I have noticed a consistent thing about, among my friends, among the families that I've met. And this is a theme that you talk about a lot as I've gotten to know you. Food, family, and faith. Right. Food, family, and faith. And it's something in not that particular order because family number one, okay? Family, you always are together. You put your family first. 
Uh, food is always eaten together. Sundays are focused on family being together and eating. Faith is a huge thing, as you've seen it witnessed um, a few days ago. We witnessed a festival that was held in small little villages, and you saw the devotees go out. And what do they do after? They have food. And one of the important things about the foods here is that they're all local. So the stuff that mom, the wife, the restaurants, especially the restaurants, is all local. It all comes from what is known as zero kilometer. What is zero kilometer? It doesn't mean, okay, it's less than a mile, but it comes from the island of Sicily. And what else is important is that they use very simple and clean ingredients. And what do I mean by that? They use olive oil, they use uh, herbs, parsley, whatever, oregano, or wild fennel, whatever is available on the land. And that, I think, is a key key ingredient. The other part is that they pass down recipes generation to generation. So not only is grandma cooking from scratch, Mm -hmm. she's also showing her grandkids. It is very typical to see grandkids with their grandmother and learning the recipes that have been passed down generation to generation. So what, you know, for those that are Listening, They may have never been to Sicily. They've never been to Italy. Maybe not even parts of Europe. How, and, and I, I, not to rehash what you, you just stated about the Sicilian culture and, and where they get food, but how would you simply describe the food here in Sicily? One of the themes that we've been talking about, not only the two of us, but the people at the restaurants or at the markets, is that it is very simple. And one, one statement that patients always make to me is that making a healthy dinner takes too much time. It is too expensive. I don't want to clean up. I find this absolutely intolerable, to tell you the truth. And I know for myself, we have always cooked at home. You cook at home. Um, so how do you how do you tie in the Sicilian food approach, and how do people listening slowly adopt this? Because we're all about making change, right? We're not here to just spout out a bunch of facts and hey, point our fingers and do this. We really want to try to make a change. So what what would you say? It's a big long question that I gave you, but you're very polite and talented. What would you say is the approach for people to understand the Sicilian way of eating? Well, let's talk about cooking first, the Sicilian way of cooking, okay? So you can cook. A grandma can start or a mother or someone can start a sauce, a uh, pasta sauce at nine o'clock in the morning and, and cook it all day. Or You can alternatively, as we heard uh, one of my friends tell you, they do a fast sauce. You know, it's doable. You may not get the same result, but it's doable. Now, in terms of cooking, too, using the local ingredients, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make it as simple or as complicated as you want as long as you use that ingredient. Now, you can take an eggplant, take it whole, put it in the oven, bake it, take, peel it off, mush it up, put a little bit of garlic, salt, and pepper, and you've got a delicious little side dish. You want to make it more complicated, you chop it up and fry it, 
on a pan. So it depends on that. Now, so I think it's more, there's a lot of focus, oh, it's going to take me so long. No, you can make it as simple as possible. You saw me, you know, the other day make the zucchini spaghetti. Easy right. breezy. I took yeah. a zucchini, used a, a magic peeler I got here, and olive oil, garlic, salt, pepper, simplicity. And a lot of these restaurants, a lot of these homes, simplicity is the key. You want to make it even simpler, get some greens, boil it, however, or steam it, drain it, get a, a, a plate, chop up some garlic, pour a little olive oil, and the salt, pepper. Simple, delicious, and very, very nutritious. Now, in terms of eating, you can make it, as again, as complicated as right. you want. You can have the antipasta, the appetizer, then the primo, the pasta, or, or some kind of a couscous, or some kind of mm. uh, carbohydrate, and then have a secundo, which is usually, as you saw, it comes simple. It comes on a piece of plate, one simple fish, one simple piece of meat. Now, you can add on to it whatever you want, but eating healthy, eating simply, you can do it. You can do it very, and all it is, it really is the ingredients. It really is the ingredients. Now, you know, the amazing thing here is that with it, it seems that every half mile, there's a market. Every mile or maybe two miles, there is a market. It's either a roadside market where there is a, a truck and there's a farmer or a distributor selling uh, vegetables and fruit or in a market, these small markets. And it seems like people are buying their fruits and vegetables multiple times a day. Do you think that is accurate here in Sicily compared to what we do back in the States where it's like you have this giant shop for the weekend and, and you buy everything at once? What do, you, what do you think of that? So one of my favorite things to do here is go to the market. Uh -huh. Not only when I came here first, it helped me learn the language because I'm interacting with the, you know, they speak Italian here. Not only am I interacting, but I am able to observe the culture. I'm able to read the signs. But I also found that going to the markets and buying just a little bit at one of four or five places allowed me to go back the next day, see what else is there. Uh, each season ushers in a new types of fruit, a new type of vegetable. It is a very common thing here to go maybe every, not like me, every, every other day, but to go maybe three or four times a week to certain shops where you know the vegetable here will be better, the price will be better. But it, going to the market and going to the fish market, the butcher, these are all step, separate stores, or the fruit and vegetable market is a part of the lifestyle. Now, you grew up in Massachusetts for the most part. And do you think that whether it's Massachusetts or Texas or New York or California, we can morph to the idea that we're going to sort of set a menu for the week. Because what I'm, I've always, in a sense, preached is make a six or seven day menu as as a lot of people say it's unrealistic, but you have to try. But do we lower the bar to say, let's make plans to shop two or three times a week and that way you're always sort of thinking about what you're going to need what you're going to have to get um and 
if that is the Sicilian way of doing it, or many European countries are doing it, is that a, a small task that we could incorporate into what we're doing in the States? You know, when it comes to your health, that's a small task that can go a long way for your health. And I understand. We as Americans are busy. We have children. We have careers. We have lives. We are inundated with stress, with stuff to do. This should not be a stressful thing. Going to the supermarket, maybe pick the times that you know are not going to be busy, and focus on the fruits, the vegetables, sort of the outskirts of the supermarket, not the central aisles where the processed foods are. You know, make a list. Find three or four recipes that you enjoy that incorporate the vegetables, that incorporate olive oil, olives, the healthy cheeses. It's okay to have cheese. Just don't overdo it. You look at Italians, they have cheese all the time. And they have it with wine. And they're, you know, it's not a big obesity problem. Whereas in America, unfortunately, we have, we go through extremes. So find three or four recipes, make a shopping list, and maybe go twice, three times and get your ingredients. But again, I want to stress that it should not be hard. It should not be a hassle. You should not be stressed because right there, if you go with that kind of attitude towards it, it will be hard. It will be stressful and it will take a long time. People in Sicily love food. They love to enjoy food with family, with friends, during times of religious celebrations. It is something that you do here. You do not have a snack in Sicily. You have an experience. And that is something that I'm missing, that we are missing in the United States. We are missing the experience of eating together, of eating maybe multiple times Uh, multiple meals, multiple courses, slowly enjoying it while talking about life. I know it's a tall order to ask many Americans, but even if you choose one day a week, choose one day a week that your entire family will be together, sit down, you have teenagers, make them. (laughs) You know, shut the phones off, shut the computers, experience because the quality of life of Sicilians because of these three things, family number one, faith, and food is by far like unlike anything I've ever seen. And then and, and I should mention that other European countries do it as well. Taking that time out of your stressful week to enjoy each other and enjoy the flavors of food. You know, one, one um, line that I took away this uh, first week here in Sicily is that Sicilians live to eat and not eat to live. Think about it, everybody. They live to eat, not eat to live. Explain that as our final idea for this podcast, Esther. Oh, when you talk about Sicilian foods, even Sicilians say it's the best food ever. They go away to other places. It's, they can't wait until lunch. They can't wait until dinner. It's that anticipation of having whatever is your favorite restaurant or whatever grandma or moms or wives or even husbands right. cooking because you know it's made with local ingredients. You know it's made with love. You know it's made with simplicity that has been passed down generation and generation. Take the time, live 
to eat. Make sure that you look forward to that time that you put that food in your mouth and you can enjoy not only the health benefits, that's secondary, but the flavors and knowing that it came from the earth and you're sharing it with perhaps a loved one. Excellent thought. Now, you, me, and Sicily, one minute. What is that all about? You, me, and Sicily started out as a video series, and we are still producing video series all at www.youmeandsicily.com. That's www.youmeandsicily.com. We have all of our episodes there. We've produced 49 episodes to date on the foods, even some uh, cooking demos, the history, the culture, festivals, all things that have to do with Sicily. And the other thing that we do is private tours, group tours to Sicily, but our focus is Sicily. And you know what uh, one of the biggest experiences, and you're one, on one of the most beautiful islands in the world. You're in paradise. And one of people's biggest takeaways and perhaps some of people's favorites is the food experience because the food experience here is unlike any other. I hope, I hope that what you guys take out of this is that it can be live to eat. It can be live to eat. All right, Esther, thanks so much. Appreciate you coming on and we'll have to get you on again and talk more about this Sicilian way of life and and how we all need to in a sense, desperately get back to a simpler time. Thanks a million. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.